Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Are you there? And it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child, Jesus, tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and sought him among the kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Lord, I just ask God that you'll open your word and give us something straight from your heart today. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, when you think about Mary's situation, not the one I was just talking about, this one. <laughs> we, we think about her situation. Now, I, can just, I, I don't believe that she had the full concept of what was going on. Obviously, she had been visited. She'd received a word of the Lord that something she was going to be very special. She was highly blessed among all women. And obviously she knew she was a virgin when she became pregnant and gave birth. And she knew that this child was special from God. And, and she may have even understood on an in intellectual level that maybe this was the Messiah. I don't know at what level she understood things. But I seriously doubt that she really grasped that she was carrying Almighty God in her bosom. And then when that child was, was born, I doubt that she understood that she, was care, that she was raising Almighty God incarnate in flesh. I, I don't think she gas, grasped that. I, I don't think a human could really get a hold of what, what was going on here. But there's an interesting dynamic here. Mary and Joseph are on their way to observe Passover. What is Passover. Who is, Passover, who is the Passover lamb? Jesus Christ. Mary and Joseph are on their way to observe Passover, which is all about their son, Jesus. <laughs> I can't even imagine the mind-blowing that is going on right there. Does she even understand that she is literally going to observe a celebration that is all about her kid? I just, uh, the dynamics of that had to be amazing. And when you're raising this child and you know he's different, you know, he just doesn't act like the rest of the kids. He's not always out there causing trouble and sinning all the time. And, and you know, he, he's wise beyond his years. And, but to a mom, he's still my son. He's still my kid. And, you know, he's obvious. All of them are special and all that. But did she really grasp what was going on? But here they are heading to a celebration to observe Passover. And they get down the road a ways. And amongst the hustle and the bustle and the busy and, and, and all of that, they all of a sudden realize that the Passover lamb isn't there. The very reason for the Passover is gone. He's not even there among them. And, the, and you know, they look in the, among the family and the, and the acquaintances and they realize that Jesus is missing. 
And you know, I, I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about us in relation to the world that we live in and this season is all about festivities. Everywhere we go, there's lights. I don't even understand how these people have the time or the money to put all these lights up on their houses and their yard. But they're really cool. <laughs> they're really, really cool. There's a town called McAddenville, North Carolina. I don't know if anybody's ever been there, but the whole town is insanely lit up. And it's just a tourism thing during the whole Christmas season. I would hate to live there because it's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic all night in the evening trying for everybody to see all the lights. And I can't imagine what the power bill is during that time. <laughs> but... but you know, it's all about the festivities and what was happening here. Even though they were celebrating Jesus, they had lost Jesus in the midst of their very celebration. And that's, that's tragic, but it's crazy because I think that so much of what we do, if we're not careful, we can easily fall into the very same trap. As we are literally celebrating the time of Jesus Christ and we can get so, so wrapped up in the festivities and the lights and family and food and presents and going to, to the store to buy more presents and going to Black Friday and you know, all that, that we forget what the whole season is about and what the, the purpose of it is. In the very midst of all the celebration of Jesus, it's possible to lose Jesus. And that's the thing that I don't ever want our people to do is to fall into that. But there's another side of it, and I've seen it, and I've tried to figure out how to balance this thing to be right. There's the side that says everything about Christmas is paganism. It's all pagan. It came out of a pagan religion and to try to team up with a pagan and it's trying to, to assimilate with the pagans and I don't want anything to do with it. You know what they've done? They've lost Jesus by refusing to even acknowledge what it's all about. So there's one, to me, there's one extreme to the other. I don't like the pagan side of it. I, try to, I don't want any part of any of that. I want Jesus to be the very purpose and the reason for the season 100%. It is all about Jesus Christ. It's not about anything that the pagans were doing. But I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. If we're going to celebrate the fact that my Savior was born as a human being and walked this earth, I say, let's praise the Lord and let's, let's celebrate that. I'm okay with that. But I want us to always remember why we're doing it. See, as, they're, as a, the caravan, they, they traveled in caravans, not Dodge caravans, but they just traveled in big, long caravans. And, and they're, they're mostly family and friends and such, and that's the way they traveled. And children often ran from one family member to another and did their thing and all that. And, and so in the midst of, of what was going on, as they're going to celebrate this very special season, one of the most uh, sacred times of the year, in, in, their, in, in Israel, they're actually, every step they're taking, they're going, away, they're going further and further away from Jesus. They are actually separating from Him. They, what was the problem? They assumed He was there. They just assumed Jesus was there. It was all an assumption. Oh, He's here somewhere. He's, he's here somewhere. He's among the crowd someplace. And I, I think that same mentality can get into us if we're not careful where we just assume we're doing all the religious stuff. 
We're doing all the religious things. We're going to church. We have, you know, we're celebrating the season. We're, I just assume that Jesus is right here among us. Do you know you can lose Jesus in the very middle of doing religious things? You can lose God in the very midst of doing religious things. It doesn't, you, can be, you can be in the midst of praising and lose Jesus because you're praising the wrong thing or you're losing sight of the purpose. You can lose Jesus in the middle of praying. Well, how in the world can you lose Jesus when you're praying? Well, there are millions of Catholics every day that pray to dead saints. Is there anything godly about what they're doing? Absolutely not. There are people in false religions who pray to everything under the sun. Praying does not mean that you're praying in connection with the Almighty God. You can lose Jesus. And even Christians, prayer can become such a form and come, become such a, a meaningless thing that we do, a, a, an empty thing that we do where we're not actually connecting with God, that we, when the preacher says, bow your head, you bow your head because you're supposed to. When you, when you pray over a meal, you pray because you're supposed to. And you lose the heart of it. There's nothing in the heart about it anymore. And you can lose Jesus in the very midst of your prayers. We have to have the reality that Jesus must be the center of it. You can lose Jesus in the midst of fasting. You can lose Jesus in the midst of working for Jesus. You can be working hard in ministry and the relationship with, that you had with God can become cold and dead because it become a form and you're doing a job instead of doing a ministry to Almighty God. You can be doing for people and lose sight on the, on, or lose relationship with Jesus Christ because we don't serve people for anything as a Christian. We don't serve people for anything other than the fact that God ministers through us. If we do it outside of God, we're just doing nice things. If we're doing ministry, the Spirit of the Lord must be the center of that thing that we're doing. Does that make sense? It has to be about Almighty God. It has to be about uh, serving the Lord through our, our, our functions of, of, of serving others. We serve God. And you know, when you think about Jesus is gone, they're wandering, they're heading the wrong direction, or heading away from Him, I should say. They're, the distance is getting bigger. Who lost Him? The most unlikely person in the world lost Jesus, His mother. <laughs> The most unlikely person, that's the one person that you would think the least possible to lose the child would be Mama. But Mama assumed that he was there. And in the midst of all that, they were wandering very much away from him. And you know, I, I, I think that it's easy as people, well, somebody will say, well, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I've been a Christian for 40 years. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. Those are the ones who can lose sight on a relationship with Jesus Christ and not even realize he's gone. Some of us old folks, any old folks here? A few? <laughs> Some of us old folks will remember PTL. You remember PTL? We happened to be in North Carolina during that fiasco and actually didn't live but about 30 miles away from from. Uh, that whole PTL establishment. In fact, we went and visited about a week before it all went to pieces. Um, <laughs> but 
old pastor that I've known for a long, long time said that when all that went down, he got a call from Jim Baker and, and he asked Pastor Loran Livingston if he would come down and talk to him. So Loran went down to Tiga Kay where Jim and Tammy were living and he said that I was in that living room and I'm listening to this, this man blame everybody in the world. He blamed the staff, he blamed uh, other Christians, he blamed the churches, he blamed the police, he blamed uh, the judges, he blamed everybody except himself. And he, Loran said, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, you are looking at a modern day Saul. The Spirit of the Lord has departed and he doesn't even know it. That is always, that's been a long time ago, but folks, that stuck with me when that preacher said that. That, that grabbed me when he said that. I don't ever want to be in the position where I lose the Spirit of God and I don't even realize it happened. Samson was mighty and he was powerful and he thought he was the stuff and he was the stuff in, in human sense. But he took it for granted what he had and one day he woke up and it was gone and he jumped up how? Just like he always had before. I will deal with them exactly like I did every other time and he jumped up and he, he flexed those mighty muscles but the problem is all he had was those mighty muscles. There wasn't a spirit of God with him anymore. It was gone, and that flesh wasn't strong enough to take on that enemy, and he was brought down to nothing instantly because the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. Folks, that's possible to do. It is possible to be in a, such a position where we take our Christian walk for granted and we do all the things and we say all the things we're supposed to say and we, we do all the activities we're supposed to do. We go to church and we, we even pray. We read our Bible because it's mechanical. Oh my goodness, my Bible in a year says that I'm on John chapter 4 and we read it because it's part of our little card that says you have to be on John chapter 4 today and you read that and you do it all and it's all a form and it's empty and it's dead and it's, and it's absolutely meaningless because God is no longer in it. It's possible to become that way and it's possible to be right in the very midst of celebrating Jesus but not have Jesus in it. And everything in our world around us is trying to take Jesus out of this season. And it's so easy, even when we're good-intentioned, to, to let Jesus slip from the very reason why we do what we do. And you know, as they looked and they said, Have you seen Jesus? No. Have you seen Him? No. Well, where did He go? I'm sure they were asking the other kids, Have you seen Him? No, we haven't seen Him. They went from caravan to caravan to whatever, cart or wagon or whatever it was they were doing. I'm not sure how they traveled other than with a caravan. They went from one to the other and they asked, where was he? Haven't seen him. Haven't seen him. And they realized they were a, a day's journey away. And they did what they had to do. They turned the whole thing around and they went back looking for him. And you know where they found him? Right exactly where they left him. <laughs> they found Jesus exactly where they left him. If you ever get cold and indifferent and you're wondering where God is, I'll tell you where to find Him. It's right exactly where you left Him. 
he will be there and he will be ready and he will see. And he's right there in the temple and he's doing the Lord's work and he's in there talking to doctors and lawyers and, and, he's, and he's teaching them a few things about God and about the Word of God. And they, they where have you been? He said, you should have known I was here. I was out doing my father's business. And you know, when we get that time in our life, and I talked about this last week, we all battle that time where we just get cold and indifferent and, 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 and our, our faith isn't as strong as it once was. But you know what? Stand strong and follow Christ. It will be back. It, it, it's fine. It will be back. And so when we think about this season and how to keep Jesus in this season and so much trying to move him out of this season, there's a few things I want you to keep in mind. How do you keep Jesus in the season? You be very purposeful about Jesus being in the season. It does, no relationship is just automatic. Try that with your spouse. Don't do anything to try to feed that relationship. Just, just go by mechanics and see how long that lasts. You have to do the things that are necessary to build that relationship. You know what? Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do. Sometimes you have to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Sometimes you change a few things in your life. I'll guarantee you that when, that when you got married, the person you were a month before you got married was not quite the same person you were a month after you got married. Things change. You have to change some things in order to build that relationship. And if we're going to have a relationship with God, we have to be purposeful about it. It has to be, it's not about what I want to do all the time anymore. It's about, God, what do I do to please you today? What do I do to bring you into this situation? I don't want it to be about Santa Claus. I don't want it to be about Rudolph. I don't want it to be about a bunch of flying deer and, and all that stuff and, and, and the, the mythos about the whole thing. I want this thing to be about Jesus Christ. Now, I admit, my favorite Christmas cartoon is The Grinch. I, I, I just, he's a kick. I love, but you know what? This season is not about The Grinch. It's kind of the opposite. My, my kids always said I was The Grinch, but they were playing. I hope. Don't ever let this season become about presents. I tell you what, there's a problem when grown people, the day after Thanksgiving, will go down to a store somewhere and get in a fist fight over a toy. <laughs> there is a serious problem. Somebody's missing the reason for the season here. Somebody's not understanding it's not about the gift, and it's not about what the gift is. It is about the true gift, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, James Dobson told a story about a, and I heard this many years ago. It's another one that just really stuck to me. He said that this young father, uh, his little daughter had brought him a, a package that she had taken all of the Christmas wrapping to wrap. And you know that stuff's like gold. It's like expensive. The dad was very upset because she had used a whole roll of expensive, uh, expensive wrapping paper in order to wrap this box. And paper was everywhere and tape was everywhere and it looked like a disaster. And so uh, he, he scolded her and he got on to her about that. But they put it under the tree and come Christmas morning they, he opened that box and there was nothing in it. And he said, 
he, he got onto her again. He said, you wasted all that wrapping paper. You wasted all of that money. And there's nothing in the box. And she says, but daddy, I filled it with kisses. And that just grabbed me. And I just like, wow, that's what Christmas is about. That, <laughs> that just went beyond I don't care what you could have put under that tree or out in the driveway or whatever. It did not meet up with what that little gift was by a little girl who wasted a bunch of wrapping paper. Because we can lose sight on what it's about. But you know what? When we wake up on Christmas morning and them grandkids come and wrap their arms around us, it goes beyond anything that any gift money can buy. When those, when those kids love you and, and love God and, and are serving, there's nothing in the world that can replace that. It is so powerful. So acknowledge the Lord in everything you do in your festivities. Never make it about just the form of Christmas. Always make sure... When family's there, friends are there, you always acknowledge God in every part of what you do in Christmas. Read and speak the Christmas story. I love the Christmas story. I tell you this every year, I'll say it again. I always look forward to Linus reading out of Luke at the end of that cartoon. I loved that even as a child. I still love it today. And they get it on TV. Read the Christmas story. Get into that Christmas. It's an amazing Christmas story, and it should never become old. <coughs> Pray with the family before opening gifts. Always bring it back to Christ. Always bring it back to the Lord and what it is. And then speak your thankfulness to God. We always had a little tradition among our, our family with Deb and the kids and me. And, and whenever we would open a gift, we'd always have to say what we were thankful for about that person that gave us that gift. Always give thanks for that person before we open the gift. And that was kind of our tradition. And we need to do that. Be reminded of who it is that gave it to us and reminded who the ultimate one is that the whole season is about. So there's so many things trying to take Jesus out of this season. And I just wanted to give you that to try to put Jesus back into the season. Can you stand with me and pray? Hallelujah. Lord, in the midst of this, we see this story that speaks to my heart, and I pray that it does the rest of the people here as well, how easy it is to actually be in the midst of a celebration of Jesus Christ and still lose you, Lord. I don't want us to be in that. I don't want that temptation to be there. Father, I pray for everybody here. There's going to be family and friends coming in over the next week or week and a half. There's going to be people traveling. There's going to be plans. Lord, next Sunday we will be celebrating it together with food and, and festivities downstairs. And Lord, as we, as we get deeper and deeper into this time, I just pray, God, that everybody here will be mindful of what this season truly is about. And that is the fact that you came to this earth as a human being to live among us. And I thank you that you did that. And I pray, Father, that in every home, in every situation, Jesus Christ will be the reason for the season and what we do. And I love you and I praise you. Hallelujah. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.